say, you know, um, amen. Praise the Lord. That's all I have to say. Amen. 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 Two days ago, my family and my
myself, we spent our first Thanksgiving in the United States of America. This represents one year, one year that we have been living in America. It has been a prophetic year because just that first Sabbath, the installation Sabbath, I had my message planned and honed. I prayed over it. And I know, I know that the Lord was going to deliver. You just have that feeling of something that was going to happen. And 8 o'clock that morning, I got a call from our then youth pastor, associate pastor, Pastor Russell. He says, Pastor, we need to go to the hospital. And there was a sense of urgency in his voice. And I remember I had to drop everything. And half an hour down, rushing to the Valley Hospital. A young lady that I've been acquainted with just, I would say, a month or so ago, she and her family, her husband, was sick. And I didn't understand what it was all about. All I know that it was critical and there was not much hope. They were giving it like a high percentage chance that she would not pull through. Ironically, they were celebrating their anniversary on that weekend. And that Friday night, Erica Brown became non-responsive. Needless to say, paramedics, ambulance, doctors, nurses became a part of her life at that point. And there was such a permanence to that experience. So we went to the hospital and saw all kind of tubes and stuff hooked up to Erica and her husband right by there. They even said that it seemed that they're going to give it a, you know, a few months we're going to have to watch this, but the next 30 days is very critical. Critical. And I'll tell you something that after leaving the hospital and coming back to church, and I remember we spoke to the church, told the church about this, and immediately the church went into prayer. And remember, we all linked up together. And there was this buzz, there was this hum of prayer. And it was so powerful that even the young people afterwards, they came and said, they've never seen anything like this before. 
In fact, my family, we were saying that, listen, this church, is, there's something special about this church. And I think it was 30 days after that. It was about 30 days, isn't it right, Erica? 30 days after that. We got start getting these news that Erica is pulling through. She's moving this limb and that limb and she's kicking that one and she's moving that and what have you. And I remember it was about uh, 60 days after that, that Erica, she came back to church. And I remember the church went wild and went crazy. A lot has happened in one year. Erica, please stand. Where's your husband? He's, he's counting. I just want to praise God for you. You know, God spoke in your life, healed you to touch me and many others to show that God is able. Amen? And it doesn't matter whatever situation we may be going through. It doesn't matter how impossible it may seem. God, he is not sleeping. He is not a deistic God that has abandoned us. He is an eminent God. He is here. Amen. And you are a living miracle of that. And I want to praise God. I want to say truly happy anniversary. If you if you thought of that maybe that possibly that anyone will forget your anniversary again never again Mike can't forget it you can't forget it your kids can't forget it the church can't forget it but we want to praise God for what he has done we're serving a God he's a restoration God amen praise God amen amen praise God praise God Brother Obi, where is Brother Obi? He uh, came and says, Pastor, I just celebrated my 61. Happy birthday last night. Happy birthday, Brother Obi. Amen. We're happy that you're among us. Amen. As we have celebrated this week, our Thanksgiving um, feast, and we'll be talking about son came home about a week ago and he says well dad this has been in the works for a while I have a friend that is coming home and um, you know my wife and myself said oh friend okay what kind of friend well dad this is a special friend now as you know he's uh, first year in seminary Andrews and uh, this special friend, we got to meet her a few months ago. They graduated together at Oakwood. Props for Oakwood. Amen, everyone? That's why we sent him to Oakwood. We didn't want him mingling with others outside the faith. We wanted to keep it all within. And uh, I, it seemed to have worked. And so he says, Dad, um, Mom, a friend of this is coming for Thanksgiving. And we were like, okay, um, we've never walked this journey before. And some of you guys, I've, 
I've actually consulted some of the elders and said, well, you know, we've never been this journey before. We've never walked this way. So what do we do? How do we, you know? But I have to tell you, um, I think my, my son, he has taken my wisdom. And, and he knows how to uh, select good friends. Now, I don't know where it's going to go, but, you know, I just want to give props. Aisha, welcome. Stand up. And Daniel, stand up too. Welcome. <laughs> you see. <laughs> now I'm saying this too. They're heading back to school and back to work. And uh, we're praying for you. Today is the transitional day. A week. A lot could happen in a week. But we want to thank God. And thank God for those of you that here as well celebrating um, time with family and also friends. Amen? Last week was a powerful week. I don't know about you, but uh, the minister that came and shook this place, I mean, I'm, he shook us up and we deserve to be shaken up. Amen? But I want to praise God for the greater than experience that we had. The young people, they did an extraordinary job. Jez led um, with uh, Kyra and Eva and the team. It was a powerful job. It was a wonderful experience. And uh, they want to say thank you to the church because after the minister was finished here, uh, we followed him over there. And it was a wonderful experience. Didn't we have a great time, everyone? Amen. Now I want you to know that we are going to hear a little more from him too because he is going to be of a part of the youth event, the March Madness event that we're going to be having. He's going to be coming back. So stay tuned, everyone. Uh, he is going to be coming back for a blessing of that evangelistic experience. Amen. Praise God. Last Saturday evening, after we finish our scavenger hunt, I realized that I'm going to embark on a journey the next morning, driving down to San Francisco to see my first ever football game. Now, I had a flight, but the flight got messed up. And I had to do something else with that flight. And so I had to end up driving. So I got in my car about 1.30 a.m. and drove eight and a half hours or so down to San Francisco to meet up with Dr. Ellis there. Picked him up at the airport and we went to see this game. And it was a game to remember. And we saw the, the kickoff. We saw the runs. We saw the everything. And it was, it was very interesting. For those three hours, everyone was standing in that stadium. Occasionally, they sat down a little bit. But they stood cheering their team on. And I looked over that stadium and I saw a sea of black with the R on it, cheering their team.
10 seconds to go. And the opposing team scored a decisive touchdown. And the air left the stadium. And we're looking and we're saying, what possibly could happen in 10 seconds? And from that moment, I knew that I was a Raiders fan. Because I identified with the people and I was looking at Dr. Ellis and we were cheering before because a decisive touchdown was made and everyone was high-fiving and I was high-fiving strangers and bumping that wall. I mean, and there was this heckler from the Titans. He was there and even Dr. Ellis has to touch him and says, be careful. This is no place to play around. But then they scored. And that heckler, he was on his feet. But we eventually, eventually we lost that game. Yes, we did, right? <laughs> and everyone, a sea of people started filing out of that stadium. And for one for that moment, I thought to myself, I said, is this what heaven is going to be like? All the people of God coming together, filing in, cheering on their team. Now, I want you to understand that we are on a team and we know that we're not going to lose. Amen? We know that we're not going to lose. We know that we're going to win. We know that we are on the winning side. We know that J-E-S-U-S, -S, he is the quarterback. And he stands tall. He is distinguished from all the others on the field. And he is going to stand tall and he's going to have that, that look. He's going to be able to see all his running back. And he's going to see his tight end. He is going to see his wide receivers and all his plays will be perfect and on that day on that day we're going to be cheering we're going to be crying out victory we're going to realize that that journey that we took that drive that we took for all these hours just for that moment, it would have meant eternity. I want you to know, folks, that we are on the winning side. Amen? I want you to high-five your neighbor and say, hey, we are on the winning side. Amen. I can't wait. Praise the Lord. Amen. Bible tells us in the book of Luke chapter 17 verse 11 to 19 and it came to pass Luke chapter 17 verse 11 and it came to pass that he Jesus went to Jerusalem 
And he passed by through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And he entered into a certain village. There met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. Verse 13. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go and show yourselves unto the priests. Go and show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. They just had a mere encounter with Jesus. And Jesus says, go and show yourselves unto the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he turned back. And with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at the feet of Jesus, giving thanks, giving him thanks, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. He was an outcast. He was not one of the member of that church. He was one that was despised by the Jews. He was one that was not accepted by the Jews. He was a Samaritan. And Jesus answered and said, were there not ten that was cleansed? But where are the nine? And they were not found that returned to give glory to God. Save this stranger, this Samaritan. And he said unto him, Arise and go thy way. Thy faith have made thee whole. Father in heaven, it is my prayer that our faith would make us whole even now. Touch your people once again, Father. Help us to have a wonderful experience with you in these moments, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And so we call this Thanksgiving season a season when we give thanks. This is a season when, when families come together. A season when we all come together. Now, uh, as you know, I'm from Canada. My family, we are Canadians. And so we celebrate Thanksgiving uh, uh, one month before you. But somehow, uh, this Thanksgiving in the United States is a huge event. It's larger than what we celebrate in Canada. You know, um, the Thanksgiving in Canada occurs in October, the second Monday in October. 
And it is a, a day of general thanksgiving to the Almighty for the bountiful harvest that he has done and given within Canada. And so we celebrate this, but not as big as the one here. But when we think of thanksgiving, we think of a time when we have our well-decked tables with our turkeys on it, and other tasty meats, or if you are a vegetarian, you have its equivalent, veggie turkey or veggie whatever. You know, we veggie it up, right? We have our pumpkin, pumpkin pies and we have rice in all its forms, right? Mashed potatoes, uh, we have our colored greens, we have our, all, our, all the bountiful foods that we'll find on the table. If I forget any, please yell it out. And so around the table, we look around, we see our loved ones our, and our friends from far and near, and we have a festive time, a time when we come together and we give thanks, we celebrate, we thank the Lord for what he has done. But one of the things uh, that I occurred to me that was very intriguing. I, I look back in your history, in the American history, and I was, I was wondering, uh, where did this all begin? Uh, what was so intriguing about Thanksgiving? What is the beginning of all this? And I, so I looked back in your history, and I realized that, uh, that many of us, we are not inviting certain individuals to the table that should be invited to the table that was originally invited to the table. Am I confusing you now? I realized that the Thanksgiving celebration was not just about friends and family. I understand that the Thanksgiving celebration was uh, something of a truce-making event, a, a truce-making dinner. And I look back in your history and I realize that uh, the earliest uh, Thanksgiving that occurred in this here America was in 1621. Plymouth colonists and the, uh, the Wapung um, Indians shared an autumn feast, harvest, harvest feast that acknowledged, that is acknowledged today as the first Thanksgiving. So we had the colonists and we had the Indians. We had the cowboys and we had the Indians. We had the whites and the Indians, we had the settlers and the Indians coming together. They were enemies. They were enemies. They set the table. They brought, we brought, they came together and they had a feast. This was a truce-breaking celebration, thanksgiving, celebrating the harvest, Indians and settlers coming together to eat together. Let me ask you a question, including 
any saints or ain't. Let me ask you, how many of you guys invited your enemies to the table? You invited an enemy? I hope you didn't identify them as an enemy, though. <laughs> well, I'm so pleased to have my enemy at the table today. <laughs> right? That would be interesting, right? No. But when we think of it, right? This is a time when we should come together and bring individuals together, even individuals that you don't agree with. It is a time of reckoning. It is a time of oneness. It's interesting that how we, we celebrate and we, these, these, um, these special days and we make them so much about us. We make them so much about uh, our family and our friends and our close ones. We make them so much about these people, these loved ones that we have in our lives, but the individuals that we ought to make amends with, we turn our backs on them. I don't want that person at my table. She's a hater. Remember what he did to me? Huh? Oh no, I don't want that person there, no way. And so we set it up, we send out our invitation because we wanna have the right folks at our table. It is clear to me that we're living in an unthankful country, a country that does not understand how to give thanks a country that is so wind up in such a self way, selfish way, we are, we are, in a sense, we have these self-inflicted wounds. And as a result of that, we call a curse down up on ourselves. There's a text that I came across with, and those of you that came to per meeting, uh, the few that was here on, on Thanksgiving Eve, um, I touched this text, but I, I was impressed to bring it back in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 to 5. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 to 5. And it reads, verse 1, And this know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. Men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, 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 unholy, and without natural affection, truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, having a form of godliness, that nice fancy table, happy Thanksgiving, praise God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Having a form, we look like, but we are not. We smile, but we're empty. We act holy, but we're evil. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. We sing the Sabbath songs. We give the Sabbath greetings, but we're empty. We're unthankful. We're unholy. 
we are evil and we are preparing our path for hell. Having a farm of godliness. And so we come to church to play church. We come to church just to show. We come to church, but we don't have it in it. There's something wrong with us. We're crooked. We're stiff-necked. We're evil. And I'm saying we are evil. And when it comes down to it, when we have a grievance with the church, your tithe dry up. Your offerings dry up. Having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. Not talking to that church member. Scoffing at each other. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Happy Thanksgiving. Merry Christmas. Having a form of godliness. What Jesus says, whitewash sepulchers. Having a form of godliness. Looking good, smelling good, feeling good. Walking with that Sabbath swag, but evil. Jesus healed you. That's why you're here. Every single person in this room received the healing of God, whether you like it or not. It was not only Erica, we all received the healing. The fact that you are here, whether you are forced here or not, you are healed. Christ touched you. In some way, spiritually, physically, mentally, you are touched. You are touched. You are invigorated spiritually. We all were healed. But just very few of us are giving thanks. And truth be told, we think that we have it figured out and we are just playing the game. We're just playing church. And we're coming to the end of the year. And when you look back over the year and God says, what have you done for me? We have people in here and God has gifted you, mad gifted you. My terminology. Gifted you in singing, gifting you with wealth to help the church, gifted you in every, in all kind of, you are gifted children's ministries leader. You are gifted usher, deaconess. You're gifted in all different ways. But when we came to you and said, sister so-and-so, the nominating committee have prayed and we have seen that the Lord has, is calling you into a certain office. Oh no, I don't want to serve. That's a very hateful church. They hurt me. I don't want to do anything. Nope. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to sit there. God has blessed you. He has healed you. He has given you so much. And as we're preparing to get into another year, all you want to do is show up, sit down in the pew, 
fold your arms and do nothing evil, mean, and you're preparing yourself for heaven. What heaven? The last time I read, there was no heaven in hell. I don't think you got that. The last time I read, there was no heaven in hell. It is only hell. A place that will burn, Revelation chapter 20. Now folks, one leper came back. Ten were healed. Ten percent came back. One. And when you break down this, this story, we see that Jesus, he is in between this place, Samaria and Galilee, and, and in this place, in this certain village. And these men, they, they wanted healing. They, they, they tried everything they could. They went to all the doctors around Jerusalem and Samaria, but they could not. They could not heal them. And so these men stayed together for support. You know, it is always something symptomatic that individuals that have the same illness, they tend to form an alliance and they stick together for support. Maybe they were praying together and they were hoping together. They had formed a church. They had formed a church. And they were together. They were called, let me say... Um, the Abundant Life Church. Let me give that example, right? And so these lepers uh, the, that was in the Abundant Life Church, they had formed a church and they were singing and they were praying and they were hoping for a change. And the change took place. Jesus stepped in. They recognized their Savior and Lord and they all cried out. And Jesus knew what their need was. Instantly, Jesus said, go and present yourself to the priests. You see, the tradition was the priest had to be the one to examine, to make sure that, that these individuals were whole. The priest was like the doctor. The priest was the everything in that community. And so they had to go and verify and validate that, hey, everything was all right. And so they were on their way to the priest. Jesus just told them to go. And while by faith, come on, you got to understand, they had faith. While they were traveling on their way to the priest, they were heading to the temple. They recognized, Brother Tom, they recognized that they were healed. They recognized healing came upon their vile body. They recognized the leprosy was gone. They recognized that whatever sickness they had, they were healed off. They were healed. Physically, they were healed. And they were praising God. And the others, they continued on. But one man, the Samaritan, the stranger in the group, the outcast, he thought to himself, hey, he said to go to the priest. 
But I don't know. I, I, I just have praise in my veins. I, 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 just have, I just have this glorious feeling in my veins. This man that told me to go to the priest, somehow there is something about this man. You see, each of us, we have a casual relationship with God, right? We come and rub shoulders with God and us, you know, on Sabbath. And, you know, we want that blessing. We want that word. And so we rub shoulders and everything. And we feel that healing. We feel that power. And we know. But somehow, some of us here today, some of us today, you will be blessed. You will be healed. You will leave here blessed and healed, brother or sister. But come Monday morning. Come Monday morning. What will happen? You'll be like a dog going back his vomit some of you know that you came to church today just for a fix not for a change you came to church today and you are going to yes you heard a word yeah I may consider being faithful with my tithe but when the Monday morning woes come you give up the ghost. That's the Holy Ghost. And you take up another ghost that is very unholy. And you break that covenant. You know that it is only temporary. You know that you're seeking a blessing that is only temporary. And so these 10 lepers that came to Jesus, they were healed. They were healed. They all acted in faith and they were heading to the priest. And as they were going to the priest, hallelujah, we're healed. But this one leper came back. And Jesus asked the question, were there not 10 that was healed? Were there not 10? And he says, where, where are the nine? Where are the nine? I'm telling you, church, my grandmother always come and say this, one out of a city, huh? one out of a city will be saved. Can you imagine this church? All of us here, we're amen, hallelujah, praise the Lord. But we're preparing ourselves for hell. We're preparing ourselves for hell. If you're in your mess right now, think. If you're in your mess, doing your mess, and you are hell bound saying that I'm gonna continue in my mess, Woe is you. God wants to change your life permanently. 
He wants to save you in your sin. He wants to save you from your sin. He wants to cleanse you, period. And so this one leper that came back, he came back. And so when he came back, Jesus quizzed him and says, where, where are your brothers? <laughs> and were they, not, were they not nine? How do we just see one? And he says, they are not found that return to give glory to God. Save this stranger. And he said unto him, arise and go thy way. Thy faith has made thee whole. The truth of it, and I want to tell you a little secret. All of us were here because of a miracle. We're here because of God. God has blessed us. He has blessed us. He has anointed us. All of us were blessed. But let me tell you, there is an extra blessing in store that we have been ignoring. There is an extra blessing. And God, you see, remember, in the, in, uh, the book of Acts, I believe it's Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter, seven, Acts chapter 8, I believe it is, or 7 or 8, where Philip went down to Samaria back to Samaria, and he preached unto the people of Samaria. And remember what happened? The whole city came, and they were blessed, and they were baptized. But then we see after that, that the disciples from Jerusalem, Peter, Peter um, James, all the disciples, they had to come and when they came to Samaria, they came to lay their hands on the people. They came to give them that blessing, that extra blessing, the Holy Spirit. We got to understand that some of us, we're here, we're baptized, we're praising the Lord, but we don't have the Holy Spirit. We're empty. We are like vessels on the sea. And there is no wind to blow us. There is no Holy Ghost. And that anointing needs to be on you. That blessing needs to be on you. That leopard that turned back, he turned back to receive that blessing. And let me tell you something. He was obedient because when Jesus told him to go and present yourself to the priest, he recognized who the true priest was. He recognized that there was no, this was no ordinary priest on earth. He had to go back to the high priest, and that was Jesus Christ. He had to go back to the true healer, and that was Jesus Christ. What happens in our lives, many times we're ignoring the true God of heaven and earth. We're ignoring Jesus Christ. So we came to church to hear about Jesus, but we turn our backs on him. We don't want to hear the word. We don't want to live the word. We don't want to abide by the word. And as a result of it, we walk in our mess. As a result of it, you get your fix on Sabbath, you leave the church, and you head back out, and you continue with the same dirty life. And as a result of it, no advancement, no movement. So what is Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving is what this leper did. 
thanksgiving is recognizing what God has done for you. And if you recognize what God has done for you, you have no time to hate your enemies. You love them. Thanksgiving is recognizing the goodness of God. And when you recognize the goodness of God, God gives you the eyes of Revelation chapter 3. And you are blinded by all the bad things that people say and do about, uh, against you. That's what Thanksgiving is. Thanksgiving is when you are living a life where you have no enemies. You may have frenemies. <coughs> but you have no enemies. It's a, it's, it's a situation where you are living and coasting through life, recognizing all the goodness of God. That's what thanksgiving is. And that's what that one leper did. He turned back and in thanksgiving, he didn't go and rat out those guys if you recognize what he said. Jesus, where are the nine? He didn't, he was just, fell at the feet of Jesus, praising God. And some of us today, we hold grudges and we're taking it to our graves. And as a result of these grudges, you know what will happen? In the second resurrection, that's the resurrection you'll come up in because of these grudges. Christ wants us to live free. He wants us to have a thankful heart, a loving heart. <clears throat> it is enough. I've been hearing some things about this church. You know, visiting members and so forth, and I've been hearing people talk about the bus. And I'm not going to do this in the church because of the bus. No, the bus, the bus, the bus. Is the bus saving you? I've heard members talking about, oh, that house across the street. We weren't a part of it. Okay, fine. Is that going to save you? I've heard people talking about, I'm not doing anything in the church because that person said this to me on that date. And I remember I was in the hall and everything. I'm... Is that going to save you? When you make your problem your savior, you know you're heading down the wrong path. When you make those problems your savior, you are heading down the wrong path. And Christ, he just says, come unto me. And if you come unto Christ, Christ, he clothes you. He changes you. If you had an unforgiving spirit, he cleans that up. And he says, you were able to forgive. I remember when I was 16. I told you the story before as I close. When I was 16 years old in New York City, my stepfather tried to kill me. Took out a steak knife and he was stabbing away at this 16-year-old kid on his 16th birthday. And he was trying to do me in. My mother was pregnant at the time, four months, with my brother Andre. My little sister was somewhere in the place crying. She was four years old, uh, five years old, 
And this wicked stepfather, I'll say that was my emotion then, he was trying to kill me. And as he was doing that, I was wondering, why is he doing this? And I could see the evil in his eyes. And my mother, she saw her son against the wall and this man coming in, stabbing after him. And as any mother would do, she'll try anything to save her child. And my mother, she jumped down on her knees and just between us, and I don't know how she moved that fast, but as she moved, he fell over against the wall in a certain way. And I put my athletic ability on and I jumped over both of them and out the front door called the police. And I realized those were the, from that time, from September to December in that period, those were the longest months that I've ever had in my life. I wasn't yet a Christian, but I realized something. If I had to move on in life, I had to forgive. I had to forgive this son of a gun. I didn't say it. Didn't say it. I had to forgive him. I had to. And I did. Forgave him. I forgave someone that, was, that tried to kill me. And I tell you, it is like a load lifted off my life. And when that occurs, nothing could hold you back. Nothing. And so when I consider every time I think of Thanksgiving, I thank God for life. I thank God for freedom. I thank God for all the wonderful things that he has done, even the things that we don't recognize. He's, he is such a good God. Because I could have been O'Neill Madden, born September 1st, 1969, died September 1st that year. That could have been it. But I thank God. I praise God. That leper came back and thanked the Lord. He came back to the priest and thanked God. What are you thanking God for? There are individuals today that you know that you have walked an uncertain path. And today is a day of deliverance. Today is a day of salvation. Today is a day when you need to say, Lord, I'm giving it all up to you. And today I'm making a simple appeal. 
And you know who you are, you know what you have gone through. We have gone through all different kind of this stuff. But I'm calling individuals who want to say, God, I want to give you thanks. And I'm not only giving you thanks, I want to give you my life. I want to give you my all. If it were not for you, Lord, where would I be? And I'm calling for individuals that want to say, Lord, I'm surrendering all to you. If this is your desire, I'm asking you to come to the front. We want to have a special prayer. You want to say, Lord, I'm surrendering all. I don't care what anybody says. I'm laying everything down. I am thankful. I am thankful. I'm praising you, Lord. I am thanking you for what you have done for me. Lord, you are a wonderful God. You are a God that answers prayers. And so, Lord, I praise you. I thank you. I worship you. I adore you. Lord, thank you. Thank you. If it were not for you, Lord, what would have happened? Where would I be? I just want to praise God for his glory, for his honor. We serve a mighty God. And so today, want to give thanks with a faithful heart we want to give thanks said anything that offended anyone in this place or online I pray Father that you forgive me I just pray Father that you will help your people Father to recognize what you are doing in their lives Father and that we will stop this nonsense Lord of playing church and fooling around with relationship that we have with you. Father, I pray that you will help your people, Lord. Please, help us to be real, Father. Help us to be like those real worshipers as the Lord says, Lord, there is a time when the true worshipers will come. Help us to be true worshipers, Lord. Help us to stop fooling around, Father, and allow your Holy Spirit, Lord, to make a difference. I pray, Father, that we will stop blaming our lack of spirituality on the place that we live, Father. And that we will allow your Holy Spirit, Lord, to come into our lives. Lord, please. Lord, we just ask that you will touch your people once again, Father. I know you have called us, Lord, for such a time as this. And I ask, Lord, that you will bless and anoint us, Lord. Help your people who are caught in the indifference, Lord, of between the world and the church and all the trappings, Lord. Help us to step out from the mess. 
and to present ourselves to you who is the author and finisher of our faith. Lord, we just ask that you please anoint each and every person here within the hearing of my, of my voice. Uh, these individuals that came forward, Lord, you know their needs, Lord. They're coming forward, Lord, because they want to thank you. They want to praise you, Father. They want to surrender their lives fully over to you, Father. I'm asking that you will please lead, lead in their lives, Lord. Help them, Lord, to live a faithful, spiritual, fruitful lives, Lord. That when you shall come back again, you shall say, well done, good and faithful servant. Lord, I thank you. We praise you, Lord. We worship and adore you. For we thank you, Lord. We praise you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 May God bless you. Amen.